I'm Kate Wheeler in studio with Christine Bentley in our new studio with Christine Bentley. And you are listening to What She Said right here on 105.9 The Region. So thank you very much for tuning in. Today's show is brought to you by Kobo. Check out our Books with Buzz list. It's up now at Kobo.com slash What She Said. Are women with dense breasts at increased risk for cancer? Dr. Paula Gordon from Dense Breast Canada says the denser the tissue, the higher the risk. Now, we're going to talk to her about a supplemental test for breast cancer in addition to mammograms, not instead of, but in addition to, and why this is essential for women with dense breasts and how to find out if you, in fact, have them. We both do. Yeah. And we had the test. And we had the test. <laughs> and we're okay. But it was a fascinating uh, procedure to, to go through. We're also going to be talking to the founders of an underwear line called Inner Balance Wear. It's colorful and practical, but it's also designed to raise awareness and support mental health initiatives. The one and only musicologist, Eric Alper, is talking classic songs that rock the harmonica in On the Record. And we will also be joined by Toronto podiatrist Hartley Milchin, who has adapted a novel use of precision dental instruments to eliminate bunions in under 30 minutes. Yep, that's right. A lunchtime bunion procedure. And you still haven't gone. No. You've been you've been going to go for... I've been going to go for four years. Yes, and you still haven't done no. it. It's only lunch. You can do it. You can do it. I'll come and I'll come and hold your hand or your foot. Tracy Nesdaly, the vice president of communications at Rakuten Kobo, will be here to tell us about some excellent business books that are out right now. And closing out the show in our live studio sessions, we have singer songwriter Lindsay Meisner, who wrote our theme song. Now, don't forget that this is your last chance to win free double passes to see Finding Your Feet. Thanks to E1 Films, we're announcing winners tomorrow morning. So go to whatshesaidtalk.com now to enter. While you're there, we're also giving away passes to see the film Indian Horse. That's thanks to Elevation Pictures. We're going to take a break here on What She Said. We will be right back on 105.9 The Region. So don't go anywhere. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. This is 1059 The Region. Mental illness, once a taboo subject, has increasingly come to the forefront of today's media concerns. And one company has chosen an innovative, colorful way to address the issue, underwear. Joining us this evening is Lino Folotico and Alicia Zadrovec of Inner Balance Wear. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Lino, let's start with you. How did this all come about? Uh, my son uh, suffers with anxiety. And one day he's talking to me, and Elise is at, at home with me together. And what's happening is he's trying to express himself. He's he's just he feels overwhelmed. He suffered really from sports anxiety, is what they called it. He got chosen to go to University of Alabama, and this is going. We're going back five years from this time. 
So he was suffered with they, they they said he was suffering from uh, sports anxiety at the time. He was a striker at, for the University of Alabama. He was chosen. He chose which university he went to. He had multiple offers where he wanted mm-hmm. to go. He chose University of Alabama. When we get there, we sign them all up and everything, and then we we sit down together. I'm I'm making things quick. I'm just getting to the point. We sit down, and he looked at me. He says, "Dad," he goes, "I can't do this." Mm-hmm. And a week before this, he started feeling antsy, very very antsy. We just thought it was nerves him you know, going away or whatever. Anyway, we go to Alabama, we sign up the documents. Then we're at uh, dinner together. We're having dinner together. We're celebrating. And he looked at me and said, um, It's okay, Lena. We're here. We're here for you. He said, Dad, if I stay, he goes, I'm, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, my goodness. So, once I heard this, I called up his coach. I said, Mike, I'm sorry. The deal's off. I have to take my son back. Anyway, I brought him back home. He mm-hmm. got, he was going for some therapy. And that's when they said he had sports anxiety at the time. Fast forward, many years go by now. He's graduated. So we, went to, we had to find a university for him, and he went to Brock University. Thank you. At the time, he was going to University of Alabama. So we had to now find a university for him. We went to um, Brock University. He graduated mm-hmm. five. This is now five years later. Right. He graduated in communications. Very proud of him. Then he, it was, um, he started feeling very... Um, and we started talking one day. He says, Dad, he goes, everything for me feels like it's closed in. He goes, I can't, I can't explain to you how I feel. He goes, it's like everything is crushing him. And I said to my son, son, if there's anything I can do for you, I would take your pain. And I would take it myself. So that's how I felt. I felt I felt hopeless at the time. I just didn't know how to help them. I want to understand them. I want to help you, but I don't get it. I don't get it. For me, I just move forward. Mm-hmm. We get over. I said, look, me and your mom went through a separation. We're divorced. Uh, well, I'm not officially divorced, but separated at the time. We had a business she got the business. I started a new company. You have to push yourself to do it. You have to look at things and say, you know what? It's okay. Move forward. He goes, Dad, I'm not you. I'm not you. Mm-hmm. Fast forward into this conversation. I know I was telling my son, son, if I could do this for you, I swear to God, I could take any pain away from you. I would. So how did this realization about inner balance, it came very early one morning with a sunrise. Something yeah. came to you. The very next day, I'm driving to work, and literally the sun is rising. And like a lightning bolt, it just hits me like that. I saw everything in a matter of 20 seconds, maybe less, but within 20 seconds, I saw exactly what I have to do. So from a catering company that I have, which mm-hmm. I went to underwear company, but I saw the vision in front of me. I says, now I know. Even the lyric, even the song that we, we came up with, even the let the first thing you put on be you came out of my head in two seconds. Uh, inner balance where it came in in a matter of one second. I knew all the names. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I called Alicia. I says to her, as a son, I called Alicia up. I says, 
Lisa, you got to write this down. I see purple. I see indigo. I see, I see blue. I see indigo. I see green. I told her all the colors that I see. I says, I am this. I am that. I am. I am. Okay. So, so let, let, let me just get Alicia to explain, um, to explain the I am message and the colors right. on, the, on the underwear. Yeah. So it was actually quite fascinating because when he had called me, what Lino has no idea or concept of anything yoga related, chakras, anything like that. Like that. So when he was, when he actually started listing the colors to me, hmm. it literally, I did a complete turnabout because I quickly realized that he was listing the chakra colors in order from crown to root. And every affirmation that he was saying, starting with the I am's, was quite literally targeting each and every chakra. Yeah. And so he kept saying, I see purple, I see this this blue, but it's a darker, light blue, I got green. chills then. I yeah. got chills. You really got a message, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, on, honestly. And I did. he had no idea that that's what he was talking. And so when I told him, I said, do you have, do you even realize that you just listed the chakra colors? And so he was like, no, no. idea what you're talking about. And so that's when he then he said, Alicia, you, you got to write this down and it has to be let the first thing you put on be you. And that's when I realized this is why he had this fascination with underwear because he kept liking the styles. <laughs> he would talk about yeah. how he liked underwear. Not good. in a, like a, a deviant kind of. No, he just loved I them. Liked them. I don't know it why. was so weird. And now it was like full circle. It actually came full circle as to, oh, my gosh, let the first thing you put on has to be you. It's a- and the underwear okay. that you're choosing. So the affirmations take us through that. I have I am me. That's red. That's right. That's mm-hmm. the red. So the red is the grounding one. So the each of the chakras um, represent for the men and the women are different. So for instance, for the women is I am I am understanding for the purple. Mm-hmm. I'm intuitive for the indigo. I am expressive for the blue. The green is I am loving. The yellow is I am spirited. The orange is I am sensual. And the red is I am me. Anything red is always I am me because it's the root and it's grounding. And you are who you are and it's right. perfect and brilliant just as you are. Exactly. So, And, and for the, the men, it's, it's, it's similar. Different it's different sayings it's, for the men. Different sayings for the men. Right. Um, with the similarities always being the red and then the blue, the light blue, because it's the throat and it's expressive. Expressive. That's, that's what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> I really, I'm, I'm so glad I know. <laughs> um, so, but what's really exceptional is what you're doing yes. with Inner Balance Wear is donating 7% net mm-hmm. proceeds of all underwear packages sold yes. to... The various mental health associations mental health. and organizations, everything from uh, we're planning on... We didn't want to just partner with one specific. We wanted to go with multiples. So we, we're even targeting the grassroots organizations within communities. The whole theory is you're the mood. I mean, it's like days of the week underwear, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's mood of the week yeah. underwear. Right. So I am me. This is what I'm, I'm feeling today. Yeah. This will reinforce your feeling, my yeah. feeling, and will also help other people like your son, right. Lino, um, deal with their mental health. Right. That's There's right. a lot of things in the morning. You don't choose what you want to be. Usually grab your underwears and just put them on and leave, right? Now you're actually choosing what you're going to be today. You make a, a conscious effort. You're making effort. a conscious choice of what you're doing today. Therefore, you're already, you're already now in putting in your head. You're instilling in yourself. Here's what I'm going to be today. I'm going to be conscious. I'm going to be thoughtful. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be expressive. I'm going to be me. And there's nothing wrong with that. How is your son? My son is doing pretty good. 
Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. And how's the company doing? When did you launch? We launched on July, Friday. 7th. Yeah, July 7th. July 7th? July 7th, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, that is, that's amazing. Yeah. And yes. so we're very excited that you yes, came to us yes. to talk about it's it. It's innerbalancewear.com. Okay. And our social media platform is innerbal, so I-N-N-E-R-B-A-L, wear, W-E-A-R. Okay. And roughly how much do they? Um, they go for $87.77. You get the free chakra bracelet included and shipping is completely free and covered. And of that, the 7% will go towards um, the charities. Various charities. And you plan to keep that going? Oh, for sure. It's it this will is never end. Do, never we don't end. want to put a limit exactly as what to. I'm design- this is what I'm meant to do right now. It really is. I mean, yeah. seriously, I got chills when you said that. Oh, when it's I just, true. It's, you can't, this is unbelievable. I'm telling you, I'm living this right now. Yes. And I can't believe it. How's and that? And we <laughs> have a song that was made especially for us. It's okay. called I Am Me by Mel Grace. Um, she wrote it and sang it for us. It's amazing. And it's on our website and it will be released. That is awesome. Thank you yes. very much. And, and thank you, Lino. And thank you for, for talking so openly about this. We need more people to do what you're doing. Thank you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. A lot of things, but I don't know enough about you. Now, you may remember an interview a while back that we did with a woman called Sonia Budd, who said her life was saved with an ultrasound which detected early signs of breast cancer that her mammogram did not. Why? Because she is one of many women who have what is called dense breasts. We had a lot of feedback, and so we are happy to welcome Dr. Paula Gordon, the medical advisor for Dense Breast Canada, to what she said. Good evening. Good evening. So let's get right to the crux here. What are dense breasts exactly, and how can you tell if you have them? Breast density refers to how much normal glandular tissue there is in the breast relative to fat. All women have fat and glandular tissue and fibrous tissue in their breasts, but each woman is different. And there's some women whose breasts are completely fat and with increasing amounts of density all the way up to other women who have almost no fat and they're just dense breast tissue. And what dense tissue looks like on a mammogram is white and fat is black or dark gray. Now, why that's important is that cancers and cysts and other things in the breast are white. So if a woman has mostly black fatty breasts, anything white is going to be easy to see. It's going to pop out like a star in the sky. But if a woman has dense breasts... There could be a cancer or anything else there, and we won't see it on the mammogram because it's the same shade of white, and it's the old, it's trying to see a snowball in a snowstorm. 
You just won't see it. So is is a dense breast the same as a lumpy breast? No, and I'm glad you asked. Women can have completely fatty breasts and feel lumpy. And other women can have extremely dense breasts and feel like an empty sock. The only way you can tell what a woman's breast density is on a mammogram. So you can't tell by feel. And even doctors don't all know that. How common are dense breasts? Very common. About 40% of women over the age of 40 have dense breasts. It's normal to have dense breasts. It's just that women who do have dense breasts have to understand what the implications are. First of all, there's a range, as I said, of dense tissue from zero to 100 pretty much. The denser the breast, the higher the risk of getting cancer. So we know that women with the most dense tissue are four to six times more likely to get a breast cancer than a woman with the fattiest breasts. And then the double whammy is we know that mammograms are less accurate at finding cancer in dense breasts. So, well, given those stats, then why are more doctors not telling women that they have dense breasts? Because I don't remember ever being told that. It's, it's only recently that the movement for women to be informed has really picked up. And in Canada, we have Dense Breast Canada to thank for that. Doctors, it's not something you learn in medical school. And even on radiology reports, it's inconsistently reported. So for example, there is a breast uh, reporting system that we all use called BIRADS. And BIRADS gives us four density categories that we should report on a mammogram. Now, I'm from British Columbia, as you know. And in BC, a woman who goes for a screening mammogram, not only is the woman not told what the radiologist reported as her breast density, even her doctor is not told. What's and, the point of having the test if nobody's told? Well, they, they find out that their mammogram is negative or if there's an abnormality, but the, the bit of information about their density is not conveyed at the moment to either the patient or her doctor. On a diagnostic mammogram, so that would be, let's say, somebody who has a lump in their breast and is getting investigated or another breast symptom, or even somebody who's had an abnormal screening mammogram who needs additional tests with a diagnostic mammogram. It's one of the first sentences that should be in that mammogram report, how dense are the breasts. But in the U.S., aren't they reported in, in, in many states there? They're about 10 years ahead of us in terms of this advocacy. And yes, there are now uh, over 30 states with legislation requiring women to be told in some form or other whether they have dense breasts. But the wording varies from state to state. Some states go as far as saying, your breasts are dense. Uh, you might consider having additional screening. Additional, not instead of. Okay, and that's where the ultrasound That's where ultrasound in. But you're or saying it's not either or. They work together. Correct, yes. So explain a little bit to the ultrasound for people who may not have heard our prior interview. Okay, so ultrasound, most people know, is a test that uses sound waves. So a mammogram uses low-dose x-rays to make an image of the breast. Ultrasound uses sound waves. Uh, people may have had an ultrasound, for example, when they were pregnant or if they had gallstones or something like that. And we do ultrasound of the breast, which uses sound waves to bounce off like when you're fishing and you've got radar in your boat <laughs> and it makes an image of the breast tissue. And okay. we, can see, we can see cancers that not only are not visible on the mammogram, but aren't big enough yet to feel. So I'm sure you've had uh, the experience of knowing somebody who had a lump in their breast, they went for the mammogram and it was negative. So then they went for the ultrasound and the ultrasound showed the cancer. 
We've known that for some time, but it's it's decades now that we've known that if you do ultrasound in somebody with a dense breast, even after their mammograms negative, you're going to find about three to four cancers per thousand women that you screen using breast ultrasound. So is this covered by OHIP, the ultrasound? I don't think it's officially covered, but depending on how a woman gets referred, first of all, many uh, family doctors, I'm told, will not refer a woman for ultrasound. But I do know of women who are getting it done on a regular basis, pretty much every year, in addition to their mammogram. Well, given all the awareness that we've been drumming up over the last 10 years about breast cancer and all of us knowing, having friends and family members who've had it, they've maybe survived, maybe not survived, maybe, you know, had two bouts or... It seems incredible that the government is not. It's a bit of a dirty little secret. It's not just the government. It's uh, the medical system, too. Um, A lot of uh, doctors, radiologists are reluctant to take on screening ultrasound. Don't forget, you know, it sounds like a small number. We're going to find three to four cancers per thousand women we screen. Well, how many do we find with mammography? You know, three to four thousand, uh, three to four per thousand. So if you do ultrasound, you're almost doubling the cancer detection rate, which is great, especially since there's a ton of data showing that the cancers you find that way are significant cancers. They're invasive, but they're still small and they're negative uh, nodes. The, the cancer hasn't spread to the nodes. But like any other screening test, and this includes mammography, there are false alarms. So if you do a screening ultrasound on a woman who's never had one before, it's quite likely you're going to find other stuff that isn't cancer, but you, you still have to deal with. And that can cause a lot of anxiety. I mean, you must know women who've been called back after a screening mammogram for extra mm-hmm. tests. And even though the likelihood that they have cancer is really small, it's, it's hard not to worry that maybe I'm one of the ones that's going to have cancer. And same thing happens with ultrasound. So people who don't support screening tests in general, including mammography and breast ultrasound, will cite this harm that we're doing to women, frightening them by one of these false alarms. And it might just be a cyst. It might be a fibroadenoma, which is the most common non-cancerous tumor in young women, Mm-hmm. But those are the things that turn up as well on ultrasound. Are dense breasts more prevalent among any specific communities? Uh, they're probably more uh, prevalent among uh, women of Asian descent mm-hmm. and possibly black. Really? Hmm. It's interesting. So they be even more alert. Yeah. Well, I would think that still, though, the, ha- having that covered and have, having that information would save... Uh, the government a whole lot of money if they could detect it early rather than, you know, going through treatment after treatment for people later on. There's a couple of points. First of all, um, we now know, and this paper was uh, published in the last few months, that having dense tissue is as significant, if not more, than having a family history. Most women know that if they have a family history, their risk is higher than average. Having dense breast tissue is like having a mother with breast cancer. It puts you at increased risk. And we know that treating cancer when we find it earlier is much cheaper Mm -hmm. than treating a later cancer. The problem is for governments, you're going to have to pay up front now to find those early cancers. Whereas if you just let things happen, it's going to be another government five or 10 years down the line that's going to have the expense of treating the later cancers. Dr. Gordon, where can people find out more about this website? The uh, website Dense Breast Canada .ca uh, has a wonderful FAQ, uh, Frequently Asked Questions page, and there are loads of answers there. 
Well, thank you very much for joining us. I'm sure our listeners uh, will be happy to know the information. Thank you again. My pleasure. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. This is 105.9 The Region. Expressions I never give keep me searching for a heart of gold And I'm getting old Joining us now for On the Record is our musicologist Eric Alper and today we're going to talk about classic songs that rock the harmonica. Welcome Eric. Well, thank you so much for having me. You know, what is it about the, the harmonica that nothing, popped into your head? Nothing, <laughs> nothing really. Because people don't think of the harmonica. No, ever. I never thought it. I went, yeah, what's, you, he, what's right, he doing It's today? not National Harmonica Day. You know, I happen to have one here if, do if you? you want me to play. <clears throat> okay, do, you, do you play the harmonica as not well very as I well. sing? Okay, but, but here you go. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> no, no, that, that was just that was It was just a me. really that bad, was just me. No. really bad fake. But, <laughs> been around for so long and it's one of those instruments that you don't hear very often even though that it was created in the 19th century in fact when it was really started to pick up back in 1855 there was three harmonica making businesses only one has survived to this day and with the help of these five artists, harmonicas are are kind of not really forgotten about, but not really used that much. But that was Neil Young with Heart of Gold um, from his 1972 Harvest album. One of the guys who kind of followed in Bob Dylan's footsteps with playing the acoustic guitar and playing harmonica at the same time. And it hit the singles chart at number one on this very weekend back in 1972. I don't want to do the math, so I'm going to say that that was like... Eight, a long time eight years ago. ago. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's Neil Young who continues to use a harmonica in his songs. Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. We feel for her. Um, <laughs> that's I Feel For You featuring Grandmaster Melly Mel. And on the harmonica is some guy named Stevie Wonder who uh, kind of disappeared after recording In a that song, song written by Prince, right? In a song written by Prince. In fact, Prince wrote that song for her, um, for himself, for the uh, For You album, one of his early records. And it kind of went nowhere. It wasn't even a single, but then he gave it to Shaka Khan. And that rap in the middle of the song, if you remember um, that song, Shaka Khan hated that part of it because she didn't like her name being said over and over and over again. So oh, she, so I just insulted her by doing the chaka Khan, chaka Khan? Right, exactly. Okay. So she just basically not listened to the show anymore so she can continue to talk. 
talk about her, but that was Shaka Khan featuring Stevie Wonder on the harmonica. Love them. The Doors. The Doors and Roadhouse Blues, one of their biggest songs. It was recorded for the Morrison Hotel back in March of 1970 and didn't really storm up the Billboard chart, peaking at number 50 on there. But the harmonica on that song isn't by a member of the band. It's actually by ex-Love and Spoonful frontman John Sebastian, who contributes a harmonica. And he plays under a fake name um, called G. Pagosi either out of loyalty to his record label because he wasn't allowed to record for anything else or to avoid affiliation with Jim Morrison because right after recording that or right before he was recording that, Jim exposed himself on stage in Florida. So he might have not said, oh, I'm not going to do recording with a band that just basically showed their private parts on stage. The Miami controversy. That's right. That was what it was. Okay, what I like about you, the romantics. Well, I wish that you wouldn't have said the romantics. Okay. Because what I like about you would have just been a nice little compliment to oh, me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the romantic, one of the most popular songs of the 80s. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily a big hit. It only hit number 49 on the Billboard Hot 100. But toward the 1980s, it picked up huge success after the song was licensed for use in television commercials for Budweiser Beer, growing to one of the most popular rock anthems of our time. There's a member that plays the harmonica in that band. And what's cool about this song is that the drummer finally gets to sing a hit song. Got a thing for drummers? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now, is that Blues Traveler? That is Blues Traveler, and the song is called Hook. The reason why I love this song, I'm not a huge Blues Traveler fan, but the song essentially makes fun of the hit song concept because you know we all know that the the hook is the musical Mm -hmm. idea it's the short riff it's the thing that kind of sticks in our brain that makes the song appealing and the lyrics of the song are a commentary on the boring status of popular pop songs in fact they make fun of the fact that nobody knows what anybody is singing about except for you know the hook which is what the song is really really about even if they're completely unaware of the reason so Blues Traveler is actually making fun of people who bought and listened to the song in the first place. Well, thank you very much, Eric. We will talk to you next week. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. Joining us now is Tracy Nesterly, the Vice President of Communications at Rakuten Kobo, Inc. And today we are talking about excellent business books out right now. Spring is the time to recreate everything, including your business. Well, exactly. We thought, you know, we're in this in-between period where the winter blahs are maybe over, mm-hmm. and it's not yet summer vacation. So in this in-between period, let's just buckle down and give our careers a bit of a boost and, you know, figure out a way to shake up the workday a little bit. So okay. that's kind of what I was thinking about. And the first book I'd like to talk about is a book I've talked about already, but I just love it. So I'm going to mention it again. And that's The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. 
And it's a look again at, at what makes for a great corporate culture where people feel valued and good work gets done and so on. And the thing that I was thinking is that the ideas in this book would be equally good in life. Um, he looked at, the author looked at all kinds of groups, and he observed why kindergartners, for example, are better than MBA students at coming together and solving a problem as a group. Really? <laughs> yeah. And it's consistent. Like, this experiment was done also with groups of lawyers and all, all kinds of things. The kids just got down to it. I can no see ego, that kindergartners just... would, would solve a problem faster than a group of lawyers because they'd just be arguing about <laughs> things the whole time, right? Exactly. It's really fascinating. Is it because there's maybe no ego yet? Exactly. There's no ego and they're just focused on... Task at hand. Yep. With, you know, blocking everything else out. And, and that seems to be consistent. He also looked at top-ranking... Um, like NBA champions and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. One of the sort of enigmas was there's a, a, a coach that if you look at his, uh, YouTube or videos of him, looks like he is berating his, his team and really hard on them. And yet they consistently win. So Daniel Coyle, who thinks that good teams are built on trust and vulnerability and kindness, it's like, wait a minute, this is, is this the exception that proves the rule? And in fact, he found out that off the court, there is nothing but nurturing and kindness in this group. Okay, and now the next is Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. She's done a business book? Well, I'm, it, I'm calling it a business book. Elizabeth Gilbert wrote Big, Man, oh, sorry, Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear. Okay. And I think it's really applicable in the workplace, but also just in living the best life. So it's about giving yourself the freedom to accomplish things that are more fulfilling, tapping into your own creativity, and actually finally achieving those goals, like those things that you have kind of put off, like writing the book or painting the painting or whatever it may be. And each chapter kind of unlocks a different way of, of oh, thinking cool. and tapping into your own potential. That's excellent. The Four Tendencies. This is by Gretchen Rubin, and she's the author, you might recall, of a book called The Happiness Project, which is also excellent. And that book, The Happiness uh, Project, really broke down what are the things that are important to have a happy life. And believe it or not, it's not having a gazillion dollars and a handsome husband. It's making sure that the junk drawer is cleaned out because you know what? Every time you open it, it's going to annoy you. So take out all of those little things every day that are irritating equals happiness. Yep, that's okay. her theory. Well, so that's my bedside table drawer. Because I, I was, whenever you see like the CSI shows or whatever, and they're examining and they open the bedside drawer and it's neat enough that everybody can see what's in there. It's like, that doesn't happen with my I bedside can be, drawers. I, I, I can beat that. I can beat that. My justification for getting new floors in my condo is that the ones I have drive me insane. I would rather not eat for a year then live with those floors. There you go. There, there I you go. go. There the, you go. The Every floor. time I see them, it bothers me. So it's many times a day. So this is The Four Tendencies. The Four Tendencies is, is, a, is a book that is based on how each of us responds to expectation. Okay. And for example, if you're like me, I'm a rebel. If you say, Tracy, this is due at four o'clock or you can run one more mile. 
If you say that, I will stop dead in my tracks and go to McDonald's and have a Big Mac. I will do the opposite. You're my best friend because that's exactly how I would react too. <laughs> well, what and what the Four Tendencies does is teaches us how we can kind of game ourselves so that we don't sabotage ourselves when yeah, we have these kinds of demands put on ourselves. I, so. yeah, I, I do. I do. I, I'm going to have to read this book. I think you do. It's a really, really great book. So do you... Did it change you? Do you still sabotage yourself? Well, it gave me a lot of insight and understanding into why things, some things are difficult for me and why I kind of get into where I get into trouble in a group or things like that. So, yeah, it was, it was really, really helpful. Is it a procrastination thing or just a, no, I no. don't want to have this deadline. I'm, I'm not I think it's I'm not stubbornness. I just don't like pressure. being told what to do. I don't like to be told what to do. We're rebels. So there's also, um, you know, Gretchen herself is the opposite. If you give her a deadline, she will hand in her essay two days ahead of time. Like she wants to overachieve. That's her thing. But the downside of that is, you know, she doesn't kind of let herself have fun. Well, I think we should all have I think fun I'm, and we should I think read. I'm like Gretchen, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you can find all these books and find out exactly who you're like at Kobo.com forward slash what she said. That is our very own books with buzz list on Kobo.com. Thank you very much, Tracy Nestle. Thank you so much. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us this evening is a well-known podiatrist around town, Dr. Hartley Milchin. Welcome to What She Said. It's nice to be back once again. Thank you. Almost everyone, including me, (laughs) has some foot issue, and many of us suffer from bunions because we abused our feet when we were young. How common are bunions? They're extremely common. I would say probably 80% of the population, men and women. Men too? Men. And in fact, last year, we did more men's bunions than I've ever done in my career. So it's becoming more prominent in men. So it's not really the shoes that cause it. It's an imbalance in the way we stand and walk that creates it. Yes, high heels will aggravate the problem, make them occur faster. But we are seeing men and women equally. Well, Hartley, we know they're unsightly. I mean, they're ugly as sin. Mine are anyway. But are they dangerous? For us? They're not dangerous. They're painful. And most people 
would have their bunions removed because of the pain. But with the onset and popularity of cosmetic surgery, many people want their feet to look pretty and they want it done for the cosmetic reasons. They're, they're embarrassed to show their feet, whether it's in a flip-flop, in a sandal, on the beach. They're just embarrassed. What exactly is a bunion? A bunion is a misalignment of the big toe joint. So it happens over a number of years because of the way we walk and stand. We're not walking standing optimally. We have a mechanical imbalance. So the bones shift out of place. Quite often you'll see people with this huge bump behind their big toe joint and the big toe tends to drift towards the smaller toes. And they can become very painful, very red, very swollen. And like I said, many Many people, both men and women, are embarrassed of them. So what, what's the tissue made up of? What is it's it bone. It's it, bone. It, the bone goes out of alignment. It shifts. Okay. So what's the surgical procedure? You're going to tell us about your lunchtime procedure, but what's the, what, what would – if you had surgery to remove them, what would that entail? Well, they're both surgical procedures, but there's the, what I call the traditional or hospital procedure, which I was trained in originally – but I saw outside the box. So you'd go into the hospital, general anesthesia, which has its own set of risks, long incisions, stitches, uh, metal implements like screws, wires, pins, staples put in, and you're off your feet for three, four months. Wow. In our busy lives, no matter what we do, we don't have three, four months to be off our feet. We just can't. The pain is very intense. So medicine is going towards what we call minimally invasive surgery, doing things through small incisions because it's less traumatic. You heal faster. There's less risk, etc. So tell us about your new lunchtime procedure. Is it approved? I've been doing it for a very long time. What I do is, instead of using general anesthesia, I'll just use freezing, much like if you were having dental work done, which is far safer. Instead of a long incision, I make three very tiny pokes. I don't even use stitches. That's how small they are. And I've adopted very small precision dental instruments to remove the bunion And I don't shave. I make cuts in the bone and realign the bone. And I don't put any metals in like pins, wires, screws, staples. I put a bandage on, give you a special shoe to wear. And you're walking the whole time. So you don't have to miss work. If you're looking after small children, you can still chase after them. (laughs) So, Hartley, essentially, are you doing the same thing or are you doing a different procedure with the same result? Actually, I'm making the same cuts to realign the bone, but the procedure's night and day. So it's far less traumatic. Most of my patients, if they have pain, instead of taking narcotics, I don't prescribe narcotics, would take what they would normally take for a headache. And the pain is usually, if they have pain, it's usually for two, three days. And then it just eases up and every week gets easier. Well, I have no pain, for example, but I have these huge bulbous bunions. They're not huge. Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, and 
uh, because I'm looking down at them, so I'm telling you that they are, and they're they're hideous. We will so, post a picture of Christine's feet. No, no, people have seen enough of my bunions in my flip flop shots. But, um, but are you going to get rid of that big bulb thing? Yes. How uh, you're going in twenty minutes? He says in twenty minutes you're going to get rid of all that. That's yes. the size it, of a it, small baby. <laughs> Yours are so – we've discussed this for years. Yours are so mild. I see these huge, enormous bunions and what I, what the end result is we eliminate the bump that you see behind the big toe and we also straighten the big toe so that it's not pushing all the others towards the side. So does that mean I get to go out and buy brand new shoes because my bunion bunion bought shoes won't fit anymore? <laughs> You're going to go out of flip-flops into Christian Louboutin. Okay. Right. And she lives just near there, too, <laughs> near, near the store. So you actually use something as well. Um, I don't know how you say this. The, the specialized handheld fluoroscope. Fluoroscope. Which was developed for NASA scientists to check for cracks in the fuselage of the space shuttle, but you're looking at it for cracks in bone or making sure that you're in the right place to make the cuts in the bone? What I do is people, critics will say it's blind surgery. I can't see what I'm doing because I'm not making a large incision, opening it up and looking. But I do everything through tactile sense. I can feel everything and I've been doing it long enough to know. But if I want to check, I have this fluoroscope which is a handheld device. I hold it up to the foot and I can actually see through the foot much like an x-ray cam, but this is live. So even if somebody moves the joint, I can see it happening live in front of my eyes and I can check and make the accuracy of my cuts. Let me ask you, if you had this procedure done, is this something that then somebody five years later might have to have done again if they haven't taken the precautions to have their feet properly aligned or buy the right shoes or whatever? That's a very good question. Most people believe that they do return, but there's a picture. With the procedure, we eliminate the symptom, but the cause, as I mentioned earlier, is the mechanics of how the feet work. What I do somewhere down the line, usually around the 12-week mark, I will cast individuals for prescription orthotics, which aligns their feet into more mechanically sound structure. Doing that, the chances of it ever returning are minimal. And what about a client like me who would say, forget the orthotics, I'll just wear the shoes I love and I'll come back and get it done again? Well, we can be proactive and get you in the orthotics, <laughs> no. and then we'll never have to do a procedure. No, I'd rather do the procedure than wear orthotics. Orthotics, are, no, Christine, the, the orthotics are like the little inserts now. They're, no, they're no, but, I, but, but I'm going to wear flip-flops. I love flip-flops. Well, as we just mentioned, if you continue to wear flip-flops all the time, I don't mind if you wear flip-flops if you're going out for dinner. You're not going to be walking. But if you're going to go to the C&E, Wonderland, walk oh, no, in New no, York, no, no, then. I want you wearing orthotics and proper shoes. And then we can safeguard you. Okay. But 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 are you going to fix her? I'm gonna, if I drive her <laughs> to your clinic <laughs> for one lunch hour and drop her off, <laughs> you're, you promise that you can fix this? I can. There you go. You see? And I'll be able to come out of there and walk. You will walk out on your own two feet. In fact, if you go on the website, you can actually see a young lady from the time of consultation 
So when she was all done with it and it explains it all, it's a, it's a wonderful – it was a TV show actually. See, the last time we talked about this, I didn't really believe it and I was afraid. So you're going to hold afraid. my hand. I'm going to hold your hand. I'll take you there. And, and the website is accentonfeet.com. Correct. Right? So that's this Dr. Is Hartley some- Milchin. You're on a promise, Christine. Everybody, I'm going to drive. And then I'm going to, and then I'm the going to come back, I'm and then going I'm going to you. tell everybody, and then you're going to have to, you know, get new digs because everybody be lined up because everybody hates their bunions, the, and you, everybody I know complains about them. Well, everybody's afraid, so that's not unusual, and that's why I see these huge, massive bunions because they're afraid. Doctor Milchin, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you so much for having me once again. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. This is 105.9 The Region. What you are listening to is Runnin' Wild by singer-songwriter Lindsay Meisner. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you. Now that song is about a love you had when you were just 16. You're now 21, recently moved to Toronto from Nova Scotia. Tell us how you got started. Well, uh, I've been a singer since I've been about two years old. It's kind of, I came out of the womb singing. My mother would actually say that. Um, I started guitar about the age of 12. I kind of taught myself everything. I do everything by ear, but I also went to school for it and stuff. So, you know, I'm taking as many lessons as I can as I go, because it's very important to always continue learning. And yeah, so I've been performing quite literally probably for about 12 years now. Um, and I had like a nine piece band back in Nova Scotia, which I managed and ran and uh, we had three beast horn section, something, it was amazing. It was really special. And so now I'm kind of taking on the solo thing and came out here and it's really working out. <laughs> and you just performed at the Honey Jam concert at, at the Mod Club, 15 other talented women. How, how was the showcase overall? Oh, it was probably one of the most amazing experiences I'll ever have, truly. Um, so many industry opportunities. I've met every person that I should have met with coming out here. So it's, it's probably the biggest blessing I'll ever receive, honestly. It was quite an amazing show and just, you know, so much support, especially for female kind mm-hmm. of support within the industry. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult to get when you're a female. So they really like bring you up and push you up as you should be. It's amazing. What's coming up for you? So uh, I'll be starting my EP within the next few weeks here. I'm in hopes to release it before 2018. Mostly plans, not so much hopes. I'm going to do like a four song EP. What I'm trying to do here is kind of bring soul and jazz music onto the mainstream radio. Because, you know, Amy Winehouse kind of did it with Mark Ronson back in like 2007 or 9, I think that was. But uh, I don't want to sound nothing like that. But I kind of want to do that type of thing where you put music that wouldn't normally be on the radio and and make everyone really enjoy it no matter what. That's my whole entire goal. 
So the song you're about to perform is about the love for your nine piece band back home <laughs> yes. uh, that was uh, called and the song is called just to have you with me yes. and we know you miss them a lot anything you want to say to them i love them they've made me who i am they really have they've shaped me as a human being so this is just you know kind of about loving them so much and going through hard times and good times but i would do every piece of it again just to be with them again Thank you very much for, for joining us. And that is it for our show this weekend. Singing us out now in our live studio sessions with, just to have you with me, is Lindsay Meisner. I fell down but now I'm pulling back, don't need to bow down. So the words that I want to say, I'm giving up, but I'm not giving it away. Don't need to torture my soul with regrets of yesterday. But where do I go now when the lights go out? And who do I run to when I left it all scrambled about? And will you be there when I come back begging for your love? Cause lately, it's all I've been thinking of. All these twisted times have thrown us off the track. But don't you depend on me, cause I ain't coming back. I see clearer now that I'm away. All of those promises, they don't mean nothing anyway. But where do I go now when the lights go out? And who do I run to when I left it all scrambled about? And will you be there when I come back begging for your love? Cause lately, that's all I've been thinking of. And I don't have to need you. don't have to please you I don't have to be there when we fall down to our knees but I do it all oh, I do it all mm -mm -mm. I do it all just to have you with me just to have you with me Ooh, just to have you with me it is your favorite girl that's right it's the ali mars the one and the only everyone else just ain't me I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, 
I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.